Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path After Party 72. Getting the almost there. last one, question mark? Yeah, we're getting so close. Oh, we're so close. Hard to tell. Rick keeps saying, you guys are close, you guys are close. Blah, 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 in game now, blah, blah, blah. I think I've run that one <laughs> to the ground. So the final countdown, if you will. The final countdown. That wasn't me this time. Oh, yes. The final countdown. So we uh, just finished up episodes 214, 215, mm -hmm. and 216. Like, it's getting so, Ooh. like, such a mouthful to say. Uh, but in uh, in 214, we were battling against the uh, the dark plasma ooze. Yeah, screw Ooh, that yes. thing. That was not yeah. a fun fight. Ah, <laughs> uh, I prefer my jellos to not be that deadly. Uh, uh, I want jello. <laughs> Pudding, I could go for not jello. Although in this no. case, it's like black licorice jello. So Ew. black licorice is Ew. disgusting. Black licorice. No, that's why I said it's like black in general is not. So I great. like actually licorice, but I'm a red licorice fan, not a black licorice fan. <laughs> but Weird. anyway, it is kind of a mean thing to do to give something uh, immunity to bludgeoning and piercing damage and a DR of 15. Yeah, that's nuts. Against the slashing damage. Wild. Which the slashing damage then causes it to split. So that's also true. That's yeah. fun. And it, it's a huge size creature in a what was it like a. 20 by 20 room or something like that? Yeah, there was really no escaping it. There's literally nowhere to stand after, like, once it's, like, it's just by itself, it's too big, and then you split it, and it's just like, well, this entire room is covered in ooze. Yeah, it was like, it, it, it had that rollover thing that it did, which was like, oh, great. <laughs> okay, yeah. I have to ask, what the heck is the description for that ability? Because, like, I get that it's like an engulf, like, swallow hole type thing, but, like, the description, the descriptive text of it sounded like you were, like, in space. Good choice of words there, because it's literally the special ability in golf. Mm. Good not okay. there. Okay, all right, I'll take that. Honestly, the descriptive text on that was just me. Oh, I just, okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make it a little bit more otherworldly while it consumes mm. you in the uh, atomic chaos at the center of the universe. Interestingly enough, it's actually it's a variant of a of a regular plasma ooze, which are actually gargantuan, not huge. Uh, so this yeah. variant was slightly smaller. Yeah, we didn't slightly. need any. Yeah, we didn't need any bigger Jello like. Small jello is fine. Yeah, no that was a <laughs> Yeah, and since it's an ooze, you know, if it made another one, it could just slurp its way down the hallway at you if you yeah. needed to make Ugh. a fighting retreat down the hallway, which would have been interesting as well. Yeah, the interesting thing about that is when it splits, it's the same size. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Like, it makes it feel kind of gas-like, you know? It, like, takes up the, the space that it's in. You mean cat-like? Yeah. That too. <laughs> if it fits, it sits. <laughs> I feel like in 3.5... They actually reduced in size. I could have sworn that they did too, because I mean, I, I don't know when was the last time I yeah. There's I there's nothing. The like the split literally says the creature splits into two identical copies of itself. Hmm. Each copy has half the original's current hit points rounded down. Huh. Weird, because I would have thought it'd be a, ca a size category smaller. When it yeah, splits. that would make sense. Yeah, but, that's what I would have expected. You know, two larges make a huge or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was an interesting fight. It has a lot of really neat abilities and so many immunities and so many powers and combat reflexes and yeah, it, it's an interesting creature. Whenever it like it seems very geared towards like favoring a magical solution to defeating it versus like a, a martial solution because like you can only really you can only damage it by slashing it 
but then it also has DR15, which is like, you know, super on the high end of, of DRs, even at this level, that's a really high DR. The interesting thing with this is uh, the regular plasma ooze also has the magnetic pulse, which I think it's magnetic pulse drawing people into it is a really neat ability for the monster. But this actually has a special variant ability called plasma arc, where it can uh, fire its uh, ranged weapon. Yeah, that thing it kept slinging at us. Yeah, it has a range of 60 feet, but unlike a normal one, uh, its functions the same as a normal, except for it can arc around corners. It ignores oh, line of sight restrictions and negates concealment. So even if it can't wow. see you, it can just choose to launch an arc at you. It uh, only works if the target is wearing any metal. Oh. Well, that seems a little unfair. So apparently it can just home in with uh, magnetic plasma attacks, which is neat. Rude. Yeah, I was going to say that that would have been one of those moments like, you know, sometimes we have those moments where like we get surprised by what a monster does and we're like, that's some bull. That is some <laughs> Just like I don't know. If, I don't know of anything that would let you do something similar, really. Yeah, I, I suppose stepping out from behind the screen a little bit, usually for a game master, I've just I kind of set myself in a position to go, OK, I can understand. I can understand the players, but figure out something and do blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is one of those occasions where any frustration I felt was kind of justified because this thing is kind of BS. <laughs> I don't usually kind of say BS. that okay. about... All right, you guys heard it. Rick even said this creature's a little BS. I don't usually BS. even say that about many creatures, <laughs> but I'm just sitting there going, immunity to bludgeoning and piercing and a DR of 15 and duplicates. And if you're next to it, the thing has a plus 30 grapple. That's... That oh is my gosh. Weird. Wow. So, wow. And it has Y'all combat heard reflexes. BS. Officially find the path certified BS, y'all. <laughs> yeah. And, it doesn't and happen very often. Is, <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is, is that engulf is, it basically makes you helpless. And then you have to beat its CMD of 40 to wait. escape it. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It's not like a swallow hole ability? No, it's not like swallow hole. It's completely different. The creature can make an attack opportunity against the creature, but if they do say so, they're not entitled to saving throw to avoid it. Oh um, my gosh. Engulfed opponents gain the pinned condition and are in danger of suffocating, are trapped within the creature's body until they are no longer pinned. You can't make attack rolls or anything. You're oh just trapped until wow. you can beat its combat maneuver defensive fort. Or your party kills it. Or, yeah. or your party yeah, basically, oh you're gosh. sitting around waiting for waiting to get freed from the outside. So if, that... it, had, if it had managed to get the entire party, that's a TPK. Oh my god, and Considering yeah. it's a huge-sized creature. In a very, very small party. room, once again, mm -hmm. not nowhere to stand. Yeah, and if you're a spellcaster, you can't even attempt to spellcast anything wow. that requires you to move. So you can't even dimension door yourself. So literally the only person that had anything to do would be Citra, who could have activated her unfettered shirt and gained freedom of yep. movement. And that would have been it. Citra also can't do enough damage do enough without damage. sneak attack. Well, yeah, at that point, like, let's just say, for instance, that we had our, our you know, uh, unfettered shirt, ring of freedom of movement. We pop out. We're the two who can't damage it. So it's like, well, all right, guess we've lost those two guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really, the only that thing that awful. The only thing that works in y'all's favor is the fact that it doesn't have spell resistance. And it has a vulnerability to just, Sonic. That's uh, basically it. Yeah, oh but they God. also picked Sonic as the yeah. vulnerability. Like, hey, I'm happy. I do have a lot of Sonic spells, weirdly. Yeah, and, and in the case of those of you with Shout, you can actually use Shout while pinned because it yeah, doesn't require the yeah. So that would be useful. There aren't a lot of spells that do Sonic damage. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a ton of no. all the other elements, but there's just not... I don't think there's a single... I mean, 
single shaman spell that does sonic damage. It would not surprise me if it didn't have anything. I will admit the full weight of all of this thing's abilities did not actually strike me until I was already attacking you guys with it. Mm -hmm. Like individually taking each piece, I'm like, okay, that's kind of bad. Okay, that's kind of bad. All right, but it only has an AC of 12 and 225 hit points. Yeah, only. Yeah, the immunity to bludgeoning and piercing is uh, is crap, but Citra does slashing damage. You know, it wasn't until I started going, okay, now that I see all of the pieces conjoined into this indestructible Voltron-like ooze monstrosity that (laughs) it kind of hit me. Yeah, that we were uh, maybe in a little bit of trouble. I mean, you guys succeeded. We, we, we did. Thank goodness. It was scary. Yeah. Touch and go yeah. there for a minute. But no, you can <laughs> tell, like, if you start reading through that as a whole, you're like, okay, you have to hit it with magic. It doesn't have spell we resistance. We had less we could have done effectively to that ooze than freaking crazy eyes in the next room. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that ooze was, like, all up in our business, so spellcasting was exceedingly dangerous. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> There was like no escaping it, and especially with its like weird little like overrun thing that it was doing. It was ugh, did it not like. It says something when random monster in the hallway is more concerning than the freaking oracle in the next room. I don't to know. Be you fair, say she's that. lured those random things here. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, calculated on her part. Oh, she could have been horrifying. I mean, actually. she was bad, but she could have been real bad. Oh we yeah, could have died many people. That's fair. Technically, this ooze did actually have one weakness. Which was, you had to launch it into the sun. I mean, what? Yes. <laughs> you know? No, it actually has a thirty fire resistance. I could resist the sun for <laughs> a bit. Oh my gosh. gosh! Darn. No, it's actually the fact that because it has an intelligence of three, it loses the ooze mindless trait. So it actually oh. does have a mind, and it only has a literally a one will save. Oh, nice. Oh. So if you have like dominate monster or whatever, you could just be like sit in the corner and dominate then keep monster's walking. Dominate monster is a ninth level spell. <laughs> or you know, even anything. Like dominate that. monster, go eat queen crazy eyes. Yeah. Also, so, I have zero enchantment. That's yeah. not but, my deal. Yeah, but, that's not you your know. jam. A bard could literally just pop out and then start playing his guitar and, and fascinate like, the creature. And the rest of the party just walks by and just kind of sits there and bobs with the music until you wander off. So it does have a weakness. It's, however, a weakness as the party has nothing to take advantage of it with. Also, it's not fair that an ooze has a 30-foot movement speed and a initiative plus seven. What the uh, anyway, crap? What the frick? Dude, <laughs> again, cer- FTP certified BS. Jess, I need a yeah. new sticker for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this monster is bull. So, <laughs> so far, we have crap. one thing. We have one thing on the BS list. It'll grow <laughs> eventually, I'm sure, but I'm just saying. It's a very, very rare thing. The first time in 216 episodes that I we mean, were just like, if, this stri- this fight was straight bull. <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest with you, Tefnaju would probably be on that list also because that dude is ridiculous. But he was working with <laughs> Yes, but he was on our side. Yeah, he's on our so side. So okay. we, like, mm-hmm. we like when Still. our people are overpowered and broken. <laughs> we don't like when other people we have to fight are overpowered and broken. Well, yep. I mean, Rick told us that Tefnaju was the cause of quite a few TPKs when people were like, just attack him when they got to yeah. the, you know. That's like, fair, Why yes. would you attack him? Tefnaju was so cool. Got a big friends. It's the kind of people that don't let the monologue happen, right? Yeah. Like, it's the, it's the people that are like, the, the big the big guy starts his big dramatic speech Trust and you're like, monologue. nope, finger of death. Yeah. Well, 
We did manage to get past the ooze, and we got into the burial hall of Neferuset, aka who we're calling Crazy Eyes. I don't. I think that's probably derogatory in some way, though, so we should probably stop using it. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of episode 215, we open up the sarcophagus, and her voice kind of booms down and talks to us all creepy-like and whatnot. Uh, and then she summoned uh, Neshmals. Uh, in Those the... things are horrible. Horrifying and horrible. Yes, they were horrible. And uh, we did give them names. I believe it was uh, Doug, Susan, Suzanne, and... Uh, it was Douglas. Uh, Thank you very much. Douglas, Douglas Dave, <laughs> and Suzanne. And Suzanne. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty difficult episode. We had darkness happening. There were some dispel magics going on. And, Horrible uh, eldritch powers being unveiled yeah. against us. Like, well, that was... That, that episode, was we almost lost two. Yep, sure. That was a yeah. crazy episode. She had episode, the little yeah. orb that kept taking people's levels. And, yes, uh, that was yep. awful. Like, Ugh. we need all of our levels to deal with your husband. Stop it. That is always one of the interesting things with fighting spontaneous spellcasters. Oh, I'm just going to do that again. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know. It's okay. Yeah, she's using this orb of the void, and you dispelled it. And it's like, well, I mean, she does have four eighth-level spells per day, so Guess we'll orb do of the void. One. And that's the thing with Hakatep. <laughs> it's going to be one of those, oh, he thing. just did something that almost freaking murdered us all. Okay. Well, yeah. that's why I'm going to get up in his grill, because at least I can stab the dispels out of him. No, that's not <laughs> how that works. No, yeah. It, this, you can dispel effects crash. on him, not not uh, effects he has like external to him. So. I mean, I have things like spell crash. Uh, it's just that they never really work. So. Well, because I think it's a will save. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's will saves. Isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those like, I've never seen them work in, in, in a game ever. But if anybody has, I would be interested to see what happened. It's kind of it's kinda, there's a lot of spells like that where it's like either you've in, ended the fight or done a really terrible thing or you get literally nothing. So it's an interesting side tangent, but it, sometimes a spell has a save that makes sense for the spell, but impedes the spell's ability to actually do what it's supposed to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Dismissal has always struck me as one of those. Dismissal is a great spell, but all outsiders have good will saves. I've seen yep. that so, one work though. Yeah, but. How many times have you guys thrown dismissals out? And usually it's an area of effect and you're hitting yeah, like, like three Yeah, like the banishment, I did only got rid of one of them in that, you know, in the fight that we were yeah, talking so that, about. That so that kind of makes up for it because you pro you probably aren't going to get everything in that area, but you will maybe get one of them. And that's cool. Yeah. It, it, it's weird to me that the spells that are anti-spellcaster have the will saves, which is probably universally the best save that a wizard or a oracle or whatever is going to have. Yeah, that is the only good save that, you know, if Hakatep is a sorcerer, which you believe he is, that Hakatep gets. Unless when yes. he got back from the dead, he decided to do a retrain real quick. Yeah, I've retrained I mean, into anti-paladin. <laughs> yeah. And then he smacks Gosh. you with his crook. I'm fine with this. <laughs> I I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to fight. You don't want to fight a guy who has like already had a 20 something charisma and is now an anti-paladin. <laughs> it is kind of something, though, that they addressed in 2E. There's a lot less saber suck spells in second edition. Yes. Yeah. It's, well, it's degrees. I'm not thrilled with some of the changes to magic in second edition, the cantrip scaling with your level. So they're not just, oh, I guess I can do a D3 of acid damage at 17th level. And then a lot less of the, well, if they save, nothing happens. Sorry, yeah. waste yeah. that A lot of it's spell. like if they save, they're held for one round instead of yeah. being held yeah. for a number mm -hmm. of rounds yeah. to cast. Yeah. So There's a virtual effect. The scaling up is have, definitely I my favorite. I do still have some issues with the durations of some oh, like, yeah. spells yeah. in second edition, yeah. like water breathing and fly and all that stuff. But this stuff, isn't 2E. That's a different podcast. It's true. First edition loves magic. <laughs> yes. Just saying that second edition did acknowledge that there was a problem with some of those saver suck spells and 
attempted yeah. to fix it. You know, the bigger things in the in this uh, fight with uh, her was the weird eldritch horror powers she was showing off. Um, like oh, yeah, the those little eye, fun. the big eye in the sky kind of thing. That was yeah, that was weird. Yeah, her literally. buddies in space, and that was not yeah, we didn't enjoyable. Like that. Didn't like that. Didn't like yeah, that she, at all. She did get Narlathotep to look at us for a minute. Yeah, yeah. like what what happens if you fail that? Like. <laughs> Yes. You just go insane? You die? Like, what happens? Oh, no, it's it's weird. If you fail the will save, you have to make a fortitude save or die. It's yeah. oh, wonderful. <laughs> it is mass phantasmal killer. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, that's what weird is. Yeah. Okay, wow. No, it was a question that you guys uh, asked a couple of times. In answer to the question of what kind of oracle she is, uh, she's actually an oracle with the Dark Tapestry mystery. Dark Tapestry! Um, that, that, that stacks, yeah. It's cool. That's one of those that I've always seen, and I've always been like, mm, that would be really cool to And, play. like, I, I'll i be honest, that fight was a little disappointing for me. Oh. Because she didn't we, murder us all? Because we were making those well, saves. I was, well, one, you guys were making a lot of saves, and two, I was rolling really poorly for those outsider tentacle monsters and all the rest of that. They did not buy her nearly the amount of time that I anticipated because I was failing saves for them left, right, and center. And so, uh, you know, they were either blinded or stunned or all the rest of this stuff constantly, uh, which was good for all of you. And I suppose on one level, it also drained some of y'all's resources, which was good yeah. for... I mean, the guys, the dice giveth and the dice taketh even to the GM. Yeah. As mm. a person that had two negative levels by the end of that fight, I'm happy that you were rolling As somebody who was immune to the negative levels, I wish they'd have hit me more. You just got to run up and give them a hug. I got, I want to flex on them. You want to flex on them. <laughs> well, again, I didn't get to, uh, one, I didn't get to try to hit Hollis or Masika with Feeble Mind of what she has. Ooh, uh, that would have uh, been horrible. I would have been so upset. She can also use her mystery power of Gift of Madness, uh, which means that if you fail the Feeble Mind, you're not only Feeble Minded, you're also confused. Oh. oh, just even better. For a number of rounds equal to her Oracle level. That's what Hollis needs. Which is 17, uh, which wow. would be interesting. I didn't really get to use her bouncing metamagic rod, which is what she would have used if she did that, where it would have been, okay, I tried to feed my Masika, that didn't work, it bounces and hits Hollis instead. I didn't even get a chance to do any of that. Oh my god. <laughs> but I did get to use some of her other abilities. Um, of course, she already had the anti-life shell on. Um, yeah, that I didn't was get to pain. throw you guys into the interstellar void, which is a neat ability. Neat, she had a cool ability says. to be able to see through all darkness, which is nice, which that is why sense. she kept draw dropping a greater darkness on herself. That's why she kept putting us in darkness. Yep. Yeah, it, it is interesting in the in the just the, how the, how that played out kind of showed how that was that fight was designed because the, if you don't have the Neshmals there soaking up damage for a couple of rounds, like she hit herself with a harm spell and we dropped her the, at the end of that round. So like yeah. we did enough damage in one round, you know, collectively to put her back in the ground. And it's well, like she's a spellcaster. Yeah, but well, it yeah. shows off one like she's she's a spellcaster. So like you need to have those kind of like. Uh, literal physical shields. I think that was also around she failed the reflex save on Masika's sunbeam and I oh is that what it was? Yeah. She yeah. was blinded, she was staggering from that. She'd failed that round and then the following round, I think she might have saved the following round, but she was still so messed up and you guys were in position at yeah. that point. It, it, it is fun to get to see Sunbeam like get its kind of full use because a yeah. lot of times we've seen like Masika uses Sunbeam, it's at it, it's dead. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, no, I shall fire the lasers. Beams. Yeah, you get a number of beams that you can use with that spell, which is amazing. But yeah, she she had a really an amazing selection of spells and everything. It's just struggling to actually use them because of the uh, how she quickly you guys got through the minions. Them. 
So you yeah. guys did exceptionally well, so that should not be uh, misstated. I totally understand her feeling. I feel that every combat all the time. Ah, if only <laughs> I'd had more rounds to throw these spells on them. It, it is that thing where like the combat design is such that like if you're playing a spellcaster, you have to learn all 20 spells that they have, but you're going to get to use like three. Was she like a mummy? Mummified. Okay, so she also was mummified. Mummified, not mummy. Makes yeah, because sense, we didn't have to make a save when we got close to her. No, you were having to save against those uh, the aura of alien dread from the uh, the Neshmal. Yeah, that didn't God, actually that's, occur that's to me cool until just now that we didn't have to make saves against fear when we got close to her. An interesting thing with the uh, aura of alien dread is uh, if you do fail the save against that, you are shaken for 2d4 rounds, and if you're a spellcaster, you take a minus 4 penalty to concentration checks. Wow. And if you fail a concentration check, it provokes an attack of opportunity. Oh, Brutal. God. Which is really Brutal. neat. No, Brutal. no, that neat. is not neat. That is terrible. Don't like. Don't like it. Anyway, also vulnerable to Sonic. There are a lot of vulnerable <laughs> to Sonic things. Yes, make them vulnerable to the one thing that you I most parties don't I only have a shout prep. left. I don't have a greater shout. I prep all of my Sonic spells, so... <laughs> I would argue in the vast in the vast number of spells, like Sonic damage spells, or like at the very bottom in terms of like shout elemental damage. Shout is like one of the best wizard spells, because if you are ever grabbed, you can yell you at them. You shout in their face. <laughs> and it's great. It's very thematic to just be like, I'm in terror. I'm going to magically enhance my voice. Makes yeah. sense. But uh, that fight continued on, uh, but eventually we took her down. And uh, finding the way forward was a little bit difficult, but thankfully uh, Masika has her automatic writing, which gave us some some direction. We divined the path forward. Hey, so to hey, speak. gods, where do we go? <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and be uh, before to, we moved on, to be on, fair, we on, needed though, that. <laughs> yeah, before we moved on, we did search the uh, crypt of Nephoresis. Or Thank Nephoresis. Lord. Thank yep. Lord. Yeah. So was that respawning her? Was it respawning oh, yeah. Nephoresis? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, but we did find a mysterious jar full of black powder uh, mm -hmm. that we, we actually felt the need to open because yeah. of opening the first jar and what we found. It's fine. It, it's probably some horrible mold that's yeah. going to be awful. Oh, yeah. No, it's I'm pretty be sure bad. it's like black mold or something. But, I mean, hopefully it won't be too bad. Yeah. yeah. You guys will get to uh, find out what it is yeah. next episode. But until then, we find the I think we should answer some emails. We Alrighty. should. All right. I believe we've got a number. I know a lot of people have been writing into us because uh, we're getting down to the wire now. Yeah, we're right at the end, guys. Mm -hmm. Let's see how it goes. All right, so first email is from Martin from Uppsala, Sweden. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. Awesome. Cool. Hmm. So, uh, so where are we putting Sweden? Hills. Land of the Lenorm Kings? I was going to say snowy. What are some cities up that way? That we haven't already cast somebody in. There's a white rock. White rock okay. sounds fine. Sorry, White Rook, sometimes known Ooh, as White Rook. White Rook, Rook sounds even better. Is okay, located cool. in the east of Southmore, uh, in the lands of Lenorm Kings, hard against the border with Irison, from which nation the people of White Rook are defended by their own fierce fighters and a magically enhanced vine and birch wall. The settlement lies on the banks of the Thundering River. That sounds cool. They've attempted to start really a cool. peaceful trade with the Irisini town of Doloon, even sending uh, trade delegations in to discuss terms. However, on numerous occasions, an Irisini warlord has raided into Southmore across the Thundering River, destroying any chance of successful negotiations. Wonderful. Well, now, today I learned they're Irisini warlords. That makes yes. sense. All right. Martin from White Rook uh, says, hello, Pathfolk. Hello. hello. Hey, Martin. Oh, uh, whoa. 
I'm writing from Uppsala, Sweden. If I recall correctly, one of the earliest after parties, another Swede wrote in from the same city. They may have, but I don't remember where we put them either. Yeah, it's been uh, 200 plus episodes <laughs> <laughs> and 70 plus after parties. Feel free to pick that town or the one we just gave you. Or you can go visit. Yes. Who knows? Y- you are more than welcome to move where we put you. you are, it is not a end all be all. I've been following the pod since the fall of 2018 and listening along each week of the podcast has been a true joy. Awesome. Laughing along, getting the creeps from Rick's descriptions, love the faded tales, and cheering with the nat 20s and critical giggles. Heck yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I won't take up all y'all's time. Did they say all (laughs) y'all? Yeah. I won't take up all y'all's time since I hope more people will write in before the end of this wonderful campaign. All y'all. Very well done. We applaud. (laughs) Yes. Spoken Uh, (laughs) like a true Texan. I wish the doorkeepers all the luck surviving the fight against the Forgotten Pharaoh and the blessings of Aradin to y'all, Martin. Thank you. Delightful. Well, thank you. That was sweet. Fun quick anecdote, actually. Having been looking over the uh, the final boss fight while uh, Ross was hanging out with me one day, so he can also look over it since he's not engaged in that. He's like, thank God I'm not engaged in this. Ross's constant expression of my God, uh, which this group is very oh, familiar Lord. with. Ross oh, no, like, I know that look. Oh, no. We're in trouble. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I know that look from Ross well. We're uh, we're in trouble. It has me excited and mortified in equal measures. Masika and Hollis just got ninth level spells, baby. It's time to live our best lives. Uh, I don't know. Super powerful wizard or sorcerer. And who knows? Sorcerer. And friends, probably. Well, definitely <laughs> friends. Uh, email two is from Mark from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Another international. international. Wow. No, we're very international today. We love our Swedes and uh, our folks from Ireland. I think we tend to put them in uh, um, Nermathus. Yeah, that's true. I don't know cities. That's why I usually rely on y'all to come up with the cities. What what, what we got in Nermathus? All right. Nermathy, Nermathy cities. Crowstump. Crowstump. Crowstump is a port town at the mouth of the Trindolo River where it enters Lake Encarthen. It serves as a waypoint for Mendevin Crusaders due to its proximity to Southern Lastwall and a lively selection of taverns, but it is also known as a regional center of academia, trade, and a relatively peaceful settlement in the chaotic region. Okay. Uh, Crowstump was founded as a supply stockade for the Shining Crusade during their battle against the Whispering Tyrant. Its name is inspired by the crows who cawed at the first settlers to chop down trees for the stockade, a behavior the birds still exhibit. They just love chopping down <laughs> those trees. There's just one crow for every tree. So as soon as they thunk into it. Bah, bah. So Mark from Crow Stump. So hello, Pathfinders. Greetings hello. from Belfast, hey, Northern Ireland. Hello. Awesome. All these people from, from Ireland, I really want to go and do a Find the Path meetup or something. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, someday. I'm not going to say no to go to Ireland. <laughs> a beautiful country. And unfortunately, Rachel and I did not have the occasion to visit while we were nope. uh, over checking out the UK. Jordan mentioned in the most recent, at the time of writing, after party, the worry about retiring Sudi and introducing someone. And the discussion between the rest of the crew prompted me to write this. While I'll miss the doorkeepers, the inevitable disappointment is tempered by excitement to meet the next iconic group of adventurers. I listened to the first episodes of Tyrant's Grasp one after another on a drive home from the other end of Ireland, and I've been riveted since then. Awesome. Uh, The instant connection repeated for the Silver Ravens and the adversaries of the Lumber Consortium. The story you craft Uh, is amazing, but your characters root me in the world. Awesome. Well, Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Don't worry about the characters, class, archetype, whatever. Please just continue to bring your patented rules, knowledge, goofiness, humor, mythos, 90s references, and good nature. The rest will follow. Your friend, Aww. Mark. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark. I uh, think very sweet. a little tease here. Having some idea of what everyone is going to be playing for what it's follows, true. I'm very excited to see how this new group of heroes comes together, explore their various personalities interacting with one another. I think it's going to be a blast. And I'm not just saying that because I want you to listen to whatever comes next. I think it's phenomenal. So. <laughs> and thank you for all the compliments and also for being a uh, Patreon supporter. I was going well, to say, I was say for mentioning all four of our shows that we've done. <laughs> and Dark yep. Moon Veil. I got to play in that one. I was going to say, yeah, yeah well, that's what I'm saying, including Dark Moon Veil, because like that's like one of those like people don't talk as much about that one. Oh, uh, but it, they have, it has a dedicated. We want to bring there that is a, back. There is a subgroup yeah. that has a very dedicated following of Dark Moon we, Veil. We, we will get back to it. The it's stars just, will align one of these days. Well, Mark uh, has a PS. I am in the Discord, but I am terrible about checking in. Please find mm. attached my recently acquired kitten, Lumi. Oh my God, look at the kitty! Oh, oh he's so, so cute. cute! That's a cute kitty. Orange Sickle. Oh. That's what I've named this kitty. Orange I like the name Lumi. Lumi is very cute. Lumi is very cute. Sickle. We have now given your cat a nickname. Please accept it. <laughs> Dreamsicle. Dreamsicle. Kitty. It's not called an orange sickle. It's called a dream sickle. Look at the yep. kitty. It's cute little tongue out kitty. Oh, oh I love the tongue gosh. picture. I love little kitties with little tongues. Oh my god. Kitty. Mark knows his way knows knows the way to our heart. So yes. All right. is but we need to give kitty. just as much excitement for this next part because this is awesome. There's a PPS. My fiance recently submitted her PhD thesis. It's not really awesome. relevant, but I'm very proud and telling everyone. Oh, that's congratulations. congratulations. Wow. That's awesome. So great. Could not imagine doing that level of work. It's uh, that is to be celebrated. All right. Email 3. Morgan hmm. from Litran Galt, but moving see below. So I think we <laughs> might need to hold off. Hi FTP folks. Hello. 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 Bonjour. Hola, I wanted estás? to drop in with another thank you note, a piece of constructive criticism, and an update. We like all of these things. Mm. First, the update. Because I know you start every email reading with where people are writing you from. Previously placed me in Latran because I was living in Madison, Wisconsin. And something, something, cheese, hobbits, gardeners, gray gardeners, Latran. <laughs> oh, I believe how the discussion went. You're welcome. <laughs> Fair enough. That sounds However, right. While that, that sounds first email, about right. We know very little about Wisconsin. <laughs> we Googled. Uh, however, while that first email was a thank you for helping me connect with my Pathfinder adoring partner slash former subreddit moderator, Jay. Hi, Jay. Oh, that's Hi, Jay. Jay. We love Jay. Jay's phenomenal. Uh, Jay's amazing. While we were living apart, I have now moved back to Los Angeles and we are now living together near the beach. <gasps> so I'd love to hear where I have moved in Galarian. <laughs> Or who's got good beaches? A port town. Ooh, I have a terrible selection. Selection? No, we're not no, putting that in. Can Jay go somewhere nice and peaceful? I was going to say Casimir is real weird. No, no, no. 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 Okay, a nice a beach ni- town. They need a nice place. Preferably nice with a place. strong entertainment industry. Cantargo. Do they have nice Does beaches? Does Cantargo have nice beaches? I don't know. No. It has water. I was going to say, I think there's a swamp there. Well, uh, there's, there's a difference between... Contorgo's very rocky cliffs, but yeah. What about Absalom? Does Absalom have nice beaches? It's a big city. I Entertainment. Mean, it, maybe somewhere in the Isle of Cortos, maybe not Absalom. Yeah. Just, Isle of Cortos? Yeah. On the Isle of Cortos, there is the city of uh, Diabel. There's also uh, Escadar that's not Absalom. Oh, Diabel, they do like pearl diving and stuff, which is cool. Yeah, there's that'd like pearl diving and all the rest oh, of that stuff. That's so pretty chill with like a nice that. beach. All right, we have chosen for you Diabel. And then yep. Absalom the is right down the way, apparently, yeah. if you want to go for the, you know, 
big entertainment. Metropolis vibe. Yes. All right. Uh, Second, the constructive criticism. Because you are all so amazing about wanting to bring new folks like myself into the Pathfinder community. Every now and again, there are things that pop up that seem to be common knowledge for you as players about the Pathfinder universe that kind of leave me confused. Periodically, it is a person or organization like House Thrun, the Hell Knights, the Whispering Tyrant, or the Whispering Way that you all seemed to respond instinctively to when I had no idea who they were, so your characters never made knowledge checks to explain some of the basic lore Ah. around those people. Uh, That's a fair criticism. That's a good call out. Uh, I picked it up eventually, but it was confusing for a while. Similarly, the Tyrant's Grass Party never actually identified the Utyugs. <laughs> what the actual <laughs> Oops, that sorry, spelling. Y'all. I agree, because I was writing notes about it, and I was like, that is not how I spelled it. I was like, U-T-Y-U-G. You'll never guess the spelling on its own. But then, because you all knew what they were, you never went back to explain it to the audience. I feel really bad now, y'all. The Utyugs are amazing, and I kind of love them, even though they're garbage monsters. The whole side tangent on Utyugs notwithstanding, that is a very valid criticism. We are sometimes so immersed in the setting that we forget that sometimes if I mention something like, I don't know, the Eagle Knights, that most of the players would go, okay, they're somehow connected to Andorin. But the average person wouldn't. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or, or if I mentioned something like, oh, yeah, the Rune Lords, then everyone here knows about the Rune Lords in Thassalon because you guys have played yep. through Rise of the Rune Lords. Yep. But, but not everybody the has. average person wouldn't. And if I forget to explain that, then uh, yes, that was a felling on my part. We shall endeavor to do better. Yes. About that those is, kind of things. That's a, that's a good call out, especially because our characters would probably not know that yeah. information. Well, I mean, he mentioned the Hell Knights and. All yeah. of our characters in Kentargo are going to know who the Hell Knights are. So that's the true. idea of any of us going, what's a Hell Knight? You know, and I, uh, that that's still a failing, like Rick said, on our oh part, yeah. because, again, that's knowledge that we have from playing this game for a long, long time. So we shall endeavor to do better. We have an entirely yeah. new upcoming campaign that we're going to need to do better with. So yep. Yep. we're going to have to explain a lot in that adventure. <laughs> going back to, you know, plug in the discord or anything like that. Um, if you if that ever happens and you're like, I don't get this, just ask. And if yeah. anybody's mean to you, then it'll be handled by the mods. If but anybody's yes. mean to you, you're probably not in the right discord because our friends are yeah. so nice. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a nice. But discord. yeah, so just ask in the discord. Be like, hey, I don't really know what these hell knights are or OK, everybody flipped out about the Utyugs. what the heck is an actual Utyug? Yeah. And actually anyone listening, if uh, if we drop something that we're aware of, but we don't explain well in the uh, episode, feel free to drop a message in the episode discussion in the discord and uh, yeah. I'll make a point to readdress it once we can. Uh, mind you, sometimes with the podcast, we record a bit ahead. And so uh, there's a couple episode turning period, much like attempting mm-hmm. to to steer between icebergs. Uh, it takes yeah, a little bit of time. We'll answer on the Discord. We'll answer on the Reddit. You can always shoot Rick an email because he's the one that checks all those. I don't know how often. Do you check every day? I mean, is it one of those? Would that get a timely response or would it be better to do the Reddit or the... It- it's better to do the Discord because then everybody can hear yeah. and yeah, see it. Yeah, and and more pertinently, the best thing to do would be have someone make us aware of it and then address it in an episode as so, opposed to yes. having everyone have to dig back through the Discord mm-hmm. to find the answer. So mm-hmm. yep. to just go, oh, by the way, a couple episodes ago, I mentioned West Crown. And if I didn't explain what West Crown was, then that was my yeah. bad. Yes. Yeah, so don't ever feel like, you know, you know, Former you can't ask us just because, choice. you know, because we do have a lot of experience in this setting and. Sometimes we forget that not all of our listeners are players as well. Yep. So, 
Seriously, anyway. one of my best friends listens to the pod and she'll text me occasionally and go, what? And so it's, I, we won't be offended. <laughs> yeah, <know>? nah. <laughs> uh, well, Morgan continues, you do so much to make this space welcoming for new folks. So I thought I'd point out that while you are fantastic about not metagaming, some of us new folks sometimes need some after-party rumor mill post-mortem help to catch up where you all are as players. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we yeah, want so. to share not just our love of the game, but also our love of the setting. And so that includes... Yes. Uh, for sure. Explaining whatever needs to be explained. Last, the thank you. So I can end on a positive. Awesome. I want to give a special shout out to Jess for her portrayal of Hollis as asexual. Hey. As an ace person, I can find it frustrating when every character in a story needs to have not only a romantic subplot, but also one that includes a sexual relationship. And it's really validating to see a character who finds fulfilling relationships in other ways. I know representation oh. and diversity are important to you as a group. So thank you for including me explicitly in that space. I can't awesome. wait for the final Mummy's Mask showdown, and I look forward to all of the continuing projects that come after it. Best, Morgan from Los Angeles, a.k.a. Diabell. Right. Awesome. Yeah, we got some happy PSs to do so. Too. Yep. Oh. Yeah, of course, representation is very important to the podcast as well, so. Yep, we understand that while we ourselves are not the most diverse group, like we are in our own way, but, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't always force diversity, but we like to be an ally as much as possible to all of the diverse groups that want to be involved in, you know, Pathfinder and D&D &D and should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. So thank you, of uh, course, for writing in, Morgan, and uh, congratulations on your move. Yeah. Uh, P.S. Sorry for referencing literally all of the shows. Good luck deciding where to put this. Well, we <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> it's out, Mommy's Mask. <laughs> to round it out, when do we get more Dark Moon Veil? <laughs> Dude, all right. We, we two emails mentioning Dark Moon Veil. <laughs> Ross, Dark Moon Veil, the people want it. The, the people, people have want spoken. It. That being said, Dark Moon Veil is something that is on our on our radar. We know that a lot of people very much love that. We have talked about it so much, you guys, and then life happens. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Back in our naive youth, uh, there was a, a short period of time that we're like, once we get past this pandemic thing and we can all uh -huh. get back to recording in person on a regular basis. Huh. Now it is more along the lines of uh, finding time that we are not gearing up towards the end of other projects. Tales from Dark Moonville is definitely still in the uh, the works. It's going to happen. And I know we keep saying that. We've been saying that forever, <laughs> but it really is. We've literally it is been going saying to that happen. for over a year now. You know, we've actually had it on the schedule a few times, and then there were life explosions. So, as a yeah. as a fun teaser, actually, when we did our live show that followed up our original run from Tales from Dark Moon Vell, uh, Grim potentially got infected with lycanthropy. So, uh, oh, yeah. we still need to actually see whether or not I'm a, not a sure. dwarven werewolf. You can which would do be that with second edition rules too. I think. Yeah, it is true. I could be the world's shortest, stockiest werewolf, which would be great. <laughs> mm -hmm. Werewolf. So, some fun right, things to well. think about. Our PPS is also sorry there are no cookies attached to this time. What with the move? <laughs> things have been a little chaotic. I understand this. We, we, understand, we understand this vibe. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, we did not expect cookies, but they are always no. a welcome gift. <laughs> also, how you would send those cookies via email would be interesting. Yeah. True. They're web have cookies. Have you figured that out? Let us know. Yeah. Oh that's some God, like Willy oh Wonka God, magic right there. <laughs> Thank you for reacting, Heather, because that, that was quality nerd material right there. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> I said they're web cookies. Uh, yeah, thank you. Just cut that back so that it was original reaction. <laughs> I reacted. I heard you. 
I think it's funnier when Jordan has to repeat his jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Final email for the after party. Okay. Email four from Jared from Magnamar to the Find the Path Collective. Greetings from Magnamar and the Cult of Regathiel. Okay. All right. Yeah. Awesome. I like the I like the collective term there though. I know, I like that. Yeah. We're kind of that makes us sound all like official. It's like we're assimilating people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm happy to say that I am now completely caught up on all the podcasts, Mommy's Bad, Hell's Rebels, uh, that I am able to get to at this point. Come November, I will have some extra income that will allow me to switch my patrons and catch up on all the content that you have. Awesome. Well, thanks. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for, I suppose, thank future you, or it actually might be past you, depending on when this comes out, for supporting us on Patreon. (laughs) I have to say that Rachel has been my favorite player and the one I've agreed with the most. But in a recent Uh podcast, she stated that she doesn't like pickles. There's a reason I made Rachel read this one. (laughs) (laughs) This is so mean, (laughs) Explain yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Pickles are amazing. They are very good. I have pickles today. Oh God, no! Rachel's uh, the weird one with food. Okay, I, guys. It's it's okay. Let me finish the paragraph, and then I will explain my <laughs> hatred of pickles. Um, this is a sad issue that I must address. <laughs> <laughs> if she can get through this paragraph, uh, this is amazing. I've been on board with Waterworld. Yes, the Postman. Yes, Buffy. Yes, and all her other late '80s and '90s references, and agree with her. Ha! Yes. This is the first time I'm in complete disagreement with her, and it saddens me. (laughs) So, I have have an like a rather strong sense of smell. So anything vinegary just sets me off in a very negative way. So anything pickled, I can't do. But I'm also like one of the world's pickiest people. On top of that, so. I am perfectly fine with other people liking pickles, but I will never not be disgusted, especially when people like drink pickles. And if you sit next to her with the pickles, she will make a face. I will make a a face. Like when there's a cat, when it smells something and it does a little nose scrunchie, that's exactly what Rachel does. She kind of leans back and kind of wrinkles her nose. And I'm like, are you a cat right now? What is happening? Yeah. (laughs) So it's a smell thing. But like pickles, go for it. It's just never going to be my thing. But we on board with the rest of it. It's all good. We we love Rachie, but yeah, she picky. We love Rachie, but we know how to suss out a fake Rachie because we'll just show her all these foods. And if she eats them, we'll Oh, know. yeah. There's a, there's a laundry list of interesting foods. Yeah. It's easier to say what I will eat than what I won't. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Uh, it's unfortunate. Sadness stated. Now moving on to compliments. As started in previous letters, I enjoy the worlds that your group brings to life. I've been happy to be a silent part of your table for so long. Looking forward to seeing the last day of Mummy's Mask. Thank you for the wonderful journey and story that your group has created. Well, thank you. That's actually, it's a very interesting way to phrase that as uh, as our listeners being the silent part of our table. Yeah. It, yeah. It's that, uh, what's that thing in sports? They Like football, they call it like the audience or the... The 12th man. That's an A&M thing. That is A&M's yeah. thing. The 12th yeah, man. Or 12th man. Yeah. Was like, I was like, there's a thing for that somewhere in sports. I don't know why it was sports. makes me think of playing Jackbox games. You can join the audience and the audience yeah. can oh, yeah. do things That's what like I was thinking. In, influence points and stuff. Uh, there's some people that do Twitch streams where they do that also. I've followed some of mm. Paizo stuff where people will award hero points and everything else by using Twitch currency. Hmm. Anyway. Well, uh, Jared has a question to ask. 
I believe I heard Rick say that he doesn't like paladins. Are there any other classes as a whole that each of you like or dislike? Rick doesn't uh, like paladins because for the podcast, let me yes. make that clear. On the list of classes I like, paladins, actually. <laughs> I've <laughs> always loved paladins. Rick just thinks Smite Evil would be anticlimactic for yes. a fight. The, the paladins are the kings of the anticlimax. Yeah. It's they're decent fighters for most of the story. And then when you get to a boss, especially if the boss is an undead evil dragon or an evil outsider, they are god killers. Uh, it then makes any fight against those by their very nature anticlimactic. And especially in like a situation like this where we're, we, we know Hakatep's coming up, if we had a paladin, it'd be like, I just saved one smite. Or I guess two in the case of giving everybody else smite. And then it's like, boom, fight's over really quickly. Yeah. Uh, classes I dislike is much harder because there's very few classes that I actually dislike. Uh, I'd say from a game master standpoint, I actually tend to dislike any class that focuses primarily on enchantment spells, despite my previous conversation pertaining towards that, uh, because it just slows everything down because suddenly you're in a fight with this thing and now this thing is charmed by the party and then it goes, uh, I think there was a whole discussion about this when you guys were dealing with the Medusa. It's like, well, we're good aligned. We can't just slit her throat now because yeah. she's no longer threatening us. Mm. So do we turn her over to the authorities? Do we do what with this person? If we're in the middle of a dungeon, what do we do when we charm this thing? Uh, and it's also just my general feeling of ickiness anytime that it's good guys using this power to remove someone else's free will. Yeah. yeah. That's why I kind of firmly believe that enchanters fall into the evil category. Mm. Unless you're just casting heroism. Oh, yeah. 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 If it's a buff <laughs> enchanter, sure. I, yeah, I, I suppose mean, uh, there's not a... There's not a specific term, but compulsors in the form of enchanters, uh, those that mm. use compulsion spells. I've never been able to, like, I like the idea of an alchemist, but it's just so fiddly. Like, especially in first edition, it just looks so fiddly. I watched Rick play one and have, like, multiple character sheets, and I was just like, no, thank you. I did love an alchemist. I, I would say that also, like, just fiddly classes um, that have a lot, a lot of rules. Y'all know I'm no good with rules as it is. Like, I can't remember my <laughs> class abilities to save my life. So, like, anything that's like, yeah, like an un like a not a unchained barbarian, but the the full uh, core rulebook barbarian. Like, it's so many things change on your stat sheet that I'd need a second character sheet. I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. I don't really have any classes that I dislike, but I will always take a prepared spellcaster if I'm going straight healer or straight arcane over spontaneous i like the versatility and the ability to change what i have and the need of certain situations i don't it's not that i don't like sorcerers and oracles i've seen other people play them and they're great it's just not my style i i prefer the versatility over the more spells and then getting a spell a level later than everyone else yeah so. i mostly if i'm playing an oracle i have never think i don't think i've ever played a sorcerer but if i'm playing an oracle i'm playing it because i want those mystery powers yeah. yeah, and like I said, the mysteries and like the sorcerer bloodlines and stuff are really cool. It's just I'm always going to pick a wizard before a sorcerer or a cleric or a shaman before an oracle. Um, mm. I, like I said, I just like the versatility. It's interesting. It's like with spontaneous casters, you get more versatility in the moment, um, but less over time. And then it's kind of the opposite because if I didn't prepare that spell and I'm out of spell slots too bad as a wizard, but a sorcerer could be like, I have another spell slot at that level. I'll just go ahead and... Uh, Cast Do that two of those. Again. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like I said, it's just I don't I don't have anything against them. It's just my preference, and yeah. it's especially my preference with divine casters, just because there's so much that the divine caster can take can fix, basically, hmm. depending on the circumstances. If they have a chance to you know pray for their spells the next day, 
with an oracle, you have what you have. And if that's not what you have, then, well, we're level drained or we're blind or anything like that. It's just my personal preference. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that one's better than the other, but that's really my big sticking point, I guess, is I would prefer, you know, a cleric or or a wizard, basically. Uh, Fair enough. I'm the exact opposite. I <laughs> also don't dislike any classes, but uh, I uh, have this thing called uh, anxiety. And sometimes the idea of having to sift through the amount of spells available to me is uh, uh, the mm. worst. Um, so if I'm playing spellcasters, I tend to prefer spontaneous just because I'm like, it's picked, it's done. I don't have to look at it again. Um, but again, that is definitely a personal preference because I've played clerics and I've enjoyed them, but they're also like a more limited list in my opinion. Like I like what Heather was saying where the versatility of like being able to switch those out as a cleric, 100% love that. But if I'm going to pick between a wizard and a sorceress, I'm going to pick a sorceress every time. It's the spell book because you have to buy the spells and then there's that extra layer for wizards of like putting the spells in your spell book and yeah yeah that part's kind of kind of tricky yeah it just it gets overwhelming to me mm. yeah it's the paradox of choice it's having yeah having that many decisions then makes you worried that you will make the wrong decision yep i i i definitely yep. second that because i i played a sorcerer and if that has been like the, the best part is like well i couldn't have taken that spell i you know it wasn't specific yeah. enough to this situation for me to to you know put it on my spell list permanently so you do kind of have that you know you tend to pick more universally useful spells and to me yeah. that was just like a lot less anxiety you it's know, true driven. but what you do is you take magical epiphany you follow nethys and then you take fast study and then you take split spell then you so never you just, have to you make you just choices. named way too many steps my brain is just like oh <laughs> lord at that like... point just play an arcanist and call it a day <laughs> okay well I wanted to play a straight wizard and I've been very happy with my straight wizard's flexibility because I've sunk a bunch of stuff into these feats to do it it's true but, but uh, you yeah. do always run into an occasion where you just go okay well I could have it, it gets back to the same anxiety of like I could have had improved invisibility and Citra could yeah. have been doing full out attack sneak attacks for books now, but you don't have it. Nope, I didn't buy it. Didn't buy that spell. Then you didn't buy it. And so then it still gets back to, if someone has that anxiety, the anxiety is, I could have bought that when I was in town. Why didn't I buy True. that? Why did I buy True. this other spell that I yeah, never yeah, for use? Sure. But then again, if you're a sorcerer, are you really going to use one of those spell slots for improved invisibility just to help the rogue all the time when you could pick a different spell that you know, you it's too. more beneficial to you. But mentally you can go through the process of I had to choose and improved invisibility might not have necessarily been the best choice for me for that level at that time. Ergo, so. it's no longer, it's out of my hands. It's that whole thing of like, yeah, if I have to, you know, choose to eat a good meal, it's an issue. But if I only have two meal options where it's fish or chicken, then I only have those two options. Everybody who's gone to like a dri like a drive through and you know you need to make a decision on what you want to eat like immediately, and like if you've never gone to this place before and there's like a huge menu and you're like, oh, there's people in line behind me and I've got the anxiety that I need to make a decision. Like it's kind of that vibe. Number one. Yeah, I have anxiety, but I'm really glad I don't have this kind of anxiety oh, because yeah. holy crap. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> Welcome it's to my yeah. world, girl. Welcome to my world. I practice my order before ordering it. Um, oh, I do the same thing. 100% do that. Everyone's anxiety works in a completely different way. Like I have no anxiety about talking to people or talking on the phone or getting up in front of people and talking. Like that doesn't bother me at all. Oh, dialing a phone call is the worst. We are all beautiful, unique individuals. <laughs> Full of anxiety. With our and own you know what anxiety matters is magic is cool and you should cast yeah. it if you can. 
Yeah, just choose your way of casting it. Everybody mm-hmm. does their own thing. But yeah. What matters is we all admit that none of us have ever played a shifter. That's true. <laughs> That's true. There, there are shifters. I've never been. Hey. I've never had a campaign where it felt like that yeah. was going to be. That would be a class that would be appropriate. I'm just uh, saying. Well, I've never been like, you know what? I could play a shifter without thinking. But you know what? I could, could play a druid. A druid. I was gonna say, <laughs> Jess will always go druid if given the chance. Oh, there's nature in this adventure path. It's really first, hard to not. First play thing druid out of her mouth is, can I play a druid for this? Yeah. <laughs> Let me throw out a little teaser here. I believe two of our players for the next adventure path will be playing classes they've never played before. So we've got some yeah. interesting things on the way as far as that goes. <laughs> oh, but that ends our emails uh, from Jared Paladin of Regathiel. Awesome. So thanks, Jared. And I think we're gonna we're gonna leave it there today. We're gonna hold off on uh, on casting for the moment. In essence, we're not going to be doing casting for the rest of the after parties for Mummy's Mask because we do have a lot of wonderful emails coming in. Uh, but we want to have the opportunity to address all of those. And so uh, we need the extra time on our after party so that they don't end up being as long, if not longer, than our regular episodes. Tune mm-hmm. in for our final after party, which will be six hours long of us just trying to catch up on all the last emails. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Could no. you imagine? Could you imagine? No. <laughs> we just sit here for that long. We do have something oh. special planned for our final after party, but we will give the details to that once we get a little bit closer. Uh, although you guys are inching your way forward, I'm watching the last few grains of sand fall down the hourglass before we reach the end. I asked Rick how many episodes we had left, and when he told me, I was like, for real? So that's kind of where we're at, okay? That doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. Surprise. (laughs) Were you, like, surprised for real? Were you mad for real? I was surprised for real. It's more than we're anticipating. No, it's way less than I'm anticipating. We have, like, one. <laughs> Tune in for the next episode, which will be the last episode of the Mummy's Back Podcast. <laughs> yeah. You mean it's not a three-part finisher? Well, we uh, probably will be. Just, probably could will you be. imagine? Oh god, a six-hour fight. No, it's after Ross's response. I looked at it and go, yeah, this might be a TPK. No. Oh. Hopefully not. <laughs> I'm calling Ross. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> let's call and pressure Ross and tell us. I was just saying, we know Ross doesn't do good at keeping secrets. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But we just. He's too nice, though. You call me like, Ross, I'm so stressed <laughs> about it. <laughs> I need to know. Don't give away He's all Ross's so secrets, mean. y'all. Uh, I would probably then be like, no, Ross. I promise, Rick. I have to uphold my yep. paladin code. Ross is just sitting there like, all, all I'm going to say is, um, 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 I wouldn't, uh, I'd pull out all the stops. Or he'll just do that wow thing that he does. Wow. You know, just, wow. Just, like, I don't want to. I don't want to stress you out, but I'm really glad I'm not fighting this. Uh, well, with that in mind, we will Tune in see next you guys week. next time. Uh, good luck, Pat Folk. We Bye, apparently Pat need folk. it. So wish us, wish luck, us some good luck. <laughs> oh <laughs> my cat pictures. That will give us luck. Yes, yes cat pictures. All the cat pictures. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.